0: The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. My grandma used to have lots of sayings. Things like, can't, never could, and don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And right now, up to the end of July, if she was a friend of the FujiCast, like you are, she'd have been bowled over to receive 10% off all workshops, mentoring and presets, and actually, anything else available on KevinMullinsWorkshops.co.uk, which makes me think he might have sneaked in Get the Dog for Sale. <laughs> Just use the word Fujicast upon checkout and enjoy 10% off at kevinmullinsworkshops.co.uk. And git, I think you're safe, really. Kev, mm. how is your small holding going? <laughs> is it good? Have you moved them in yet? Or actually, have you become like
1: the goods in the good life?
0: Cow in there as well. If I had a pig, I'd play that in.
1: I won the battle. Oh, no. The chicken coop has gone on eBay. You're joking. Yeah. So it never even got any chickens in it? No, and I'm very pleased about that. <laughs> no no chickens in the Mullins family. Oh, definitely. no chickens? No.
0: No, no chickens. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day that said um, that this age... Now, bear with me on this because he did it so much better than me. Um, he, he's a, a portrait per day. Have you ever seen Portrait Per Day on Instagram? You need to. I'm going to send you the link so that you can be a, a subscriber. To that one, but he was telling me after an interview I did with him that this period of our history is known as the, and get this, this is the chicken (coughs) epoch. Chicken epoch. Yes, that is because when um, in thousands of years' uh, time, as we do now for those that were living thousands and hundreds of thousands of years ago... We we look at the soil and we sort of we take a sample of what's mm. in that soil mm. and then we're able to date that period by mm. by what is in the soil. It's called carbon dating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the chicken epoch because apparently <laughs> in hundreds of thousands of years that's all they're going to find. It's, they're going to think we were all chickens. <laughs> it's just it's just chicken bones.
2: The Fuji cast. I
1: don't know. I don't know why that why it would be chicken bones. Do they last longer or something? I don't know. Well, they've become chickens have become very um, accessible, haven't they? You know, it's. But yeah, but they're not just running down the street. No, I know, but no. they are. Lots of people have chickens. What do they call yeah. them in Australia? Chooks. Chooks, yeah, chooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there we are. We are
0: in the uh, chicken epoch period. Um, anyway, welcome to the, the Fujicast. Another Monday, here we go for, for another one, you and your questions from our electronic mailbag, real mixed bag today, tech, non-tech um, stories of photo lives um, Anyway, if you can send them in, we, we uh, gladly accept them Click at fujicast.co.uk You can be on the show with your questions If you've emailed before fab you are officially what we know as a friend of the show uh, Welcome aboard those who don't shoot Fuji, you're very welcome here as you'll find as you listen on, we talk about all kinds of stuff not just if you have a Fuji in your hand uh, later on um, we're going to take you to Club Indulgence and thank you for those nice reviews you leave um, have you got a book of the week I yeah. have I've yeah. got a book Yep. do we know which one it is today or are you yeah, leaving yeah, us on, yeah. no, on um, no, no.
1: I've, got, I've got quite a rare but easily accessible book by Jane Bowen I'm going to leave it at that for now does that mean it's worth a lot of money no, no. I won't put it I, in the coffee I'll cup tell you already I'm how much I paid for it £2.49 no 49. way yes
0: a Jane Bowen one yep Wow, mm-hmm. one of my favourite photographers actually, yeah, I love her, her story And, uh, and we've got another couple of your, dis- well we've got one disaster from from the uh, disaster file um, coming up in the show And uh, as far as the interview goes, today we're going to hear from Paul Sanders In what I think is one of the most candid conversations I've had with a photographer Now before we start, we have something very important to do Kev, you were involved in this of course during during the lockdown um, one of your pictures is in this, and we've got a very important job
1: to do today. We have indeed. So Ian Palmer, um, who is a wonderful photographer himself and a teacher, set up something called Fuji Fund, which was a website for people to buy prints from some of the Fuji Film ex photographers yep. and some of the ex ex photographers, yeah. <laughs> which always makes me chuckle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he made a couple of grand, I think, maybe more. I don't really well, know. He did, and the charity we, did. The charity yeah. did, yeah, yeah, of course. And the, the, all the money went. All the proceeds goes to or went to uh, Hungry Children in the UK, and also some towards COVID Relief Fund across the world. So, well done to him. and incredible, wasn't it, how, how some people
0: just sort of jumped on this, kind of, I've got to do something for other people.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And whilst we weren't officially a partner of it, we, we no. did kind of promote it on the, the website, and one of my pictures went and actually my picture was the first to sell i was gonna say did it go <laughs> yeah <laughs> on first day take that jonas rask <laughs> it's not a competition <laughs> yeah it is in my little head okay. um, anyway uh, the other people involved were of course uh, fujifilm uk who donated a couple of cameras which we are going to uh, do the live draw for in a second yep. and digital lab up in newcastle as well uh, offered to do the printing and the framing so well done to all those. And um, we literally just talked about it. And Ian said, there can't be a better place for us to do the live draw for the winners of the cameras. So the way it worked was everybody. Uh, I thought you about to say, I can't think of a better place. Uh, well, I can, but you could have it. <laughs> yeah, I got
0: my. As <laughs> a, usual, I got the In absence of having somewhere I really wanted to do this, you blokes can
1: have it. <laughs> uh, no, as usual, I got all my words <laughs> downside up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another, another gin, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, so the plan was uh, essentially people threw in a fiver. I think that was how much it was for a yep, ticket, yep. and that got you an entry to win one of two things. First prize is a XT one hundred with an XC fifteen forty five. 3.5 to 5.6 OIS kit box from Fujifilm UK. Nice little camera. Shut the front door. These are amazing prizes. Did you just say uh, shut the front door? <laughs> I did. Uh, that's sick, man. The <laughs> second, I'm banging. The second the second <laughs> prize draw winner will win an XF10. Now, an XF10? Yeah. I love those little cameras. Shut the back door.
0: <laughs> if you
1: pardon the phrase? It's going to be one of those terrible. shows. I can feel it. Um, you've gone all um, what's his name who that American podcaster uh, oh I had no idea what Joe Rogan yeah you've gone all oh, Joe listen, Rogan
0: God I wish hundred million um,
1: oh. right okay so let's do it so the way we're going to do it we have all of the uh, numbers have been thrown into a hat yes. a, a, a virtual hat yeah. called the uh, Google Google um random number generator d- i've
0: never seen this before this is incredible
1: yeah so like all you though. do you type into google random number generator and so you get a yeah. little form where you can type in the starting number and the yeah. ending number we have 50 okay yeah. so we have 50 um, numbers in here 50 balls in the bag so to speak some people bought more than one ticket yeah. so they will be in with multiple chances yes so we've typed in number one for number one min and mm-hmm. number 50 from mm-hmm. number 50 max should we do the, the main well, prize first yeah. or the second prize first?
0: Now, I'm going to have to add some sound effects here, obviously, because it's a silent random number generator otherwise. So, I'll, we'll add the. So, it adds a little bit of drama in. Which one? Sorry,
1: which one do we want to go for? Should we do the XF10 first? Second prize. So, second prize. So, the winner of the XF10 so here we is. Go. I'll press the button! 11. James Walden from the United States of America. Well, raise a glass to you, James. James Wallin. I'm well sure done. I got his surname wrong. W-A-H-L-I-N. <laughs> yeah, well, that's normal. It uh, is very normal. <laughs> James Wallin, well done to you. Um, yeah, well done. In fact, one of only two people, I think, from the United States on the list that I can see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So that'll be... <laughs> Hang on, there was a third one. He <laughs> gave some money. Don't be rude. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, You're that'll, be, that. that'll be the... Uh, the um, expediter people at Fujifilm UK going, oh my god, that one and only one that's (laughs) cross-continent! No, we did it fairly. We did do it fairly. So number 11 was James Wellin. James Wellin, well done. Absolutely. Uh, I have no idea whether he listens to the show, but you have won yourself an XF10.
0: If he doesn't listen,
1: then, can we have it? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, James, did you not receive it? Well, we definitely sent it. All right, number one. So to win the XT100 and XC15 45 3.5 to 5.6 OIS kit, such a sexy name, is... Here we go, press the button. 20. Felicity Cyprus what a beautiful name in Cyprus or is no. that her surname no 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 her surname is Cyprus oh that's a that's a that's Felicity a beautiful name Felicity Cyprus yeah. yeah it says UK next to her oh, Felicity I I Cyprus name, like is a beautiful name Neil um, Cyprus Kevin Cyprus um, that's it yeah what an yeah. anticlimax that feels like the end of something very special mm. so Felicity Cyprus you have XT one XT100 and well an XT1545 f 3.5 5.6 mm. OS kit well done to you you can vlog yourself silly with that I beg your pardon don't be rude and uh, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and James, James, you can um, you can stick the little XF10 in the pocket. It's going to be smaller than your mobile phone, and you will get better pictures with it too. Yeah, so well done, perfect. well done, everybody. Well done. Yeah, and thank too. you to Ian for uh, I don't know why I'm thanking him, but <laughs> well, he gave know, us
0: the opportunity, which is very kind. Well done to Ian yeah. for
1: for you know for putting something in place that actually um made a lot of money for lots of needy people and yeah well done to fujifilm uk and digital lab and everybody else involved i think fujilove Love uh, podcasts were involved as well so well done yeah. to them and everybody else i'm sure we've forgotten people but hey
0: right well done and if you listen to the end of the show today you'll hear what a mess up we originally made of doing that <laughs> that feature yeah mm, moving on right uh question shall i start then this is a really long question um but But a really good one, because I think a lot of people are in this position right now, Kev. It comes from Daniel Parks in Birmingham. Hi, Neil. Hi, Kev. I've been interested in photography for eight years. Like any hobbyist photographer, I've had years of friends and family telling me that I should take this up properly. I went to a friend's wedding two years ago, took a few cheeky snaps on the iPhone. The bride and groom loved them. Uh, They insisted I borrowed their DSLR and learn how to use a camera properly, which I did. So I got chatting to the photographer at that wedding, and he gave me his details. He's been incredibly supportive with advice and encouragement. Six months later, my girlfriend bought me my first camera, an X-T20. Went to another friend's wedding last year, left my camera at home out of etiquette. Isn't that nice, actually? Mm. Well, there's people that would you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a camera to a wedding. No. Uh, don't get in the way yeah and it's not all it's not and don't take better yeah. pictures than us <laughs> <laughs> well on that note it was a huge mistake as the bride was distraught at the quality of the photographs given to her by the official they were out of focus blurry and hadn't even been culled I can you not cull a wedding weird, it, isn't it? it
1: wasn't us wasn't one of us was it
0: was it jaggy jpeg Ah,
1: oh, jaggy jpeg <laughs> what a legend legend is he still working jaggy jpeg i don't know he's probably retired he's probably got yeah. a yacht somewhere now oh, no no that was a good business model
0: for those saying "What is that business model jaggy jpeg's business model in, in here we go here comes a business lesson
1: in 15 seconds So Jaggy JPEG was a guy from Cardiff Who used to shoot everything on medium JPEGs Call him Jaggy JPEG <laughs> Jaggy Because JPEG. the icon in the Canon camera Jaggy. Looked like steps Yeah, yeah. Jaggy JPEG, Jaggy JPEG. JPEG. He'd rock up He'd yep. photograph everything all yep. day long On j- uh, Jaggy JPEGs And then at the end of the day He'd take the memory card out And give him to the bride and go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh inspired <laughs> but you know they talk about usps okay. unique selling point his unique selling point was i will be the cheapest no. and i will get you your pictures quicker than anybody else well, they, and, and he, he, was, he was right he, he? He, he made a very successful business yeah. he had loads of photographers working for him did he and yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> good for him i say good old jaggy yeah guys it, well i tell you
0: what if anybody knows jaggy jpeg we'd love to have, have him on the show probably in bermuda or somewhere now well in our eyes it's just, you know any, Anyway, I'm not suggesting that you should um, run a business that doesn't do the culling, doesn't do the editing, and just hands over it. I could, personally, I couldn't do that kind of no, business. No, not could I, although I could do it for enough money. <laughs> anyway, these were blurry, hadn't even been culled. Every single take had been left in. The bride ended up using one of my iPhone photos uh, for the thank you cards posted out to everybody. You can imagine how much I kicked myself afterwards. I spent a lot of time thinking about entering the wedding uh, photography field. Oh, you went on one of your workshops, Kev? Mm, Yeah. Daniel did? Yeah, I know. Yeah, and 2020 was meant to be the year I got some hands-on experience. Oh, you chose the wrong year. Mm. (laughs) Whether it be shadowing as an apprentice capacity or shooting somebody else's wedding for free based on my lack of experience. Anyway, we all know what happened in 2020. On this note, I have two questions for you. Here we go. Here come the questions. Number one, what are your thoughts on using iPhone photographs on a website such as Squarespace... And that's, I'm not sure why Squarespace will make the difference here. Until I get the opportunity to get any proper portfolio pictures.
1: Um, that's number one. Okay. Well, personally, I've, I have. I don't see any problems with that whatsoever. No. Uh, you're showing off what you can do. I mean, you're not going to be able to print very big from them, but that's not right. the point. As long as you're happy with the pictures and you, you think they represent your, your style, I definitely don't <laughs> think you can photograph an entire wedding on a mobile phone. We've had that discussion many times. Mm. Um, but as a portfolio and, and, and some images you've got, and I saw that email come in and some of the images were attached and I thought they looked great. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was actually really surprised. Was certainly one of them, I think, bride and groom coming out of the church with a confetti. Yeah. I think it was confetti. I thought, wow, God, my word, that's shot on oh, an iPhone. Well yeah, done. I know. Uh, yeah, so in my mind... No, I mean don't be don't be prudish about it, and and don't worry what other photographers are going to think. Is it perhaps a you know
0: wedding eye phonographer? Is is there is there a is there a market? Shut this? the door, <laughs> no the front door. Oh, Actually, that. shut every door. If you start <laughs> suggesting that, I'll get back in my box. Anyway, second question. How capable is an X-T20 of shooting a full wedding? I'm aware that this is considered entry level, uh, and I'll upgrade when the funds allow. Have either of you shot a wedding with an X-T20? And then I'm going to go through his list of lenses.
1: Uh, I've taken an X-T20 as a backup camera occasionally. I don't think I've ever used it. No, you've never been using Uh, it. I certainly haven't. The thing to be careful of with the X-T20 and X-T30 and X-T10 and all that kind of stuff. Is single card slot mm. for all intents and purposes. The insides are the same <laughs> as their their big brother counterparts or big sister counterparts. You've got to be careful these days. Yeah. Um, and gender neutral yeah, counterpart. Yeah. Uh, you know, same sensor, same pretty much everything else. The build is slightly different, yeah. but the single card stuff is the thing to be very careful about. Now, of course, Isn't it funny that we always it, used it, to work it, like that. Yeah, though. that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. I mean, even I had a Canon One D Mark yeah. Four. I yeah. only had one slot. Yeah. I think. Uh compact flash slot and uh I think it was the Canon five D Mark II that was yeah, the first one 2. to have it th- wasn't five D three slots? the first dual. Oh card. maybe the Cat Five I I didn't get one of them, so I don't know. But but yeah, I mean that's that the point I was gonna make then was I shot many, many weddings on X Pro One, X T one, X one hundreds, all with single card slots. Yeah, But I didn't have the opportunity to to not, that's the thing. Um, and now, uh, interestingly, in my insurance, it says that you must be using uh, cameras with data ah, redundancy. Is that uh, – you're with a aren't you? Yeah. So is that now in their policy? I, I think, think so,
0: yeah. I've, I've yeah. not read that clause. Yeah, I'm sure it oh, is. Yeah, okay, yeah. interesting. So now um, insurance companies are getting cute to that and saying you have to shoot with two – Makes total sense to me. I don't yeah. blame them I no whatsoever. I
1: know hmm. Don't blame them whatsoever.
0: Well, Lens line up. He says, I've got the 1855, 23F2, and the 50F2. Um, is, that, is that a good collection? It is, isn't it, really? I think yeah. It's spot on. Yeah. 50 is going to give you the. Uh, I know Kev hates me doing this, but 77 uh, is going to be, you know. Uh, is, is that enough, though, actually?
1: I don't go further than 56. Do you so, not? No, I haven't.
0: Well, no, 56 is your 85 equivalent, isn't
1: it? Yeah, so 50 is what? What do you say? 77 there isn't it? It's just, that's, what's that? Uh, Half a step forward, half yeah. a step back <laughs> <cardboard box. laughs> the, the, only, the only thing to think about is that extra, stop of, <laughs> of, uh, extra stop of light so that 's true f two yeah, yeah, to f one point two or f one point four is is qu- quite a difference in low light I could not
0: be without the fifty six for weddings
1: no, because of that
0: that one two for me that makes all the difference yeah. as well because you know we don 't live in California no. um, the light is not always beautiful in this country no no. Um whatever happens I know that uh, content and emotion are very important on the, or more important than than kit I just wondered how much harder I'll be making it for um, for myself using an entry level camera well you know it's it's the it's the dual slot thing that was a the concern there Daniel I don't think anything else is is the concern no
1: but also I think it's interesting that he picked up on the fact that it's an entry level camera mm-hmm. um, I don't think Fujifilm would call it an entry level camera but no. I think the fact that in his mind it's an entry level camera Think about the the correlation between the words entry level and professional photographer. Right. If you're being paid by virtue of the word uh, professional, do you want to be using entry entry level level stuff? Kit, no. Mm -hmm. Well, or what you would consider entry level kit. Yeah. Ah.
0: Okay, um, long question, but worth going there because I think uh, many people will find themselves in that position this year. Kev, yours.
1: Right. Um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm well prepared as usual. Right, I will go with... Uh, I've double spaced stuff for you as well. Yeah, my eyes aren't what they used to be. you got
0: your glasses.
1: Yeah. All right, Gregory Harding, he yes. says, a quick question about the restrictions being seemingly eased. Weddings are still an issue, of course, in that limited numbers and rules around singing in church or dancing at the reception oh, are yeah. bound to be tight for a while. Yeah. Do you think this will lead people even into 2021 to rethink? Enjoy the show. Regards... A still concerned wedding shooter in Kent. I don't know. Um, I mean, the restrictions—they
0: change from week to week, don't they? You don't I mean, or not really week to week? Every couple of weeks, but it's
1: just almost impossible to to second guess this one, isn't it? I, I don't want to get political again because I do think everybody is trying their best but you know I did make me laugh they couldn't suck more uh, life hang on a minute warning warning he says he doesn't want to get political they but co- it's coming it's coming they couldn't suck more life out of a wedding if they possibly I know, tried i know so basically they said right on the 4th of July mm-hmm. which is uh saturday just, just gone two just days gone. ago saturday just gone yeah you can go to the pub. Yeah. You can go to the pub. Yeah. You, uh, of course, you have to social distance and you have to have table service. Yeah. So the pubs will open at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Oh, it's just going to be. A- and by 11 p.m. Saturday night, yeah. it's going to be a complete and utter. Don't sh- be rude. Show. Nope. <laughs> All <laughs> over the country, people are going to be. They're going to absolutely.
0: Be absolutely- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think they are. Now, now the funny thing is here we're we're trying to do this as if we're on the Monday we're recording this just a few days before the, this um, what what Kevin's called a show um, and um,
1: so we're kind of we're looking ahead to this but also looking back in a kind of weird TARDISy kind of way. Well, the, and the thing is, I, I you know I. I'm happy the pubs are opening because my friend who runs the pub and everything, he needs to earn. And and I just think that the priorities are are pants. (laughs) You know, the weddings, they've said, yeah, you can have a wedding. Yeah, "Yeah, go and have a wedding. Uh, Maximum of 30 people, which includes the uh, celebrant, photographer, organist, all of that kind of stuff. They can only be from two families. You cannot stand next to each other. Oh, hang on a minute. So, you can't have your friends. You can nope. only have the two families. Oh, right. Okay. You cannot stand next to each other. No. You have to wash your hands before and after um, swapping the rings. Yes. You uh, can't do a first kiss. There's mm. no singing. There's no throwing a confetti. There's no breathing. Mm. There's no blinking your eyes. Enjoy you can't yourself. scratch your ass. Enjoy you can't yourself. do anything at all. <laughs> and then afterwards, you've just got to go home, right? <laughs> just go home. But what you can do mm. is go to the pub. <laughs> You can, after the wedding, where you're not allowed to have anybody there, you're not allowed to blink, you're not allowed to scratch your ass or pick your nose or breathe or laugh or have fun or smile or sing. Yeah, You could go to the, go to the, the nags pub. head next door yeah. and get absolutely yeah. hammered. Yeah. Um, but what you can't do in the morning to get over your hangover <coughs> is go to the gym. You can't go to the gym because gyms well, I understand. are terrible. Yeah, but I do understand that. No. Tell what? me the difference between a gym, a good gym, okay, where they well, have well, treadmills, for example. Treadmills yeah. are wide apart. Yes. And but yeah, but you're pub. dropping your sweat and your. Well, what's going to happen in a pub? Well, I don't go in there hot and sweaty. Pubs, honestly, pubs. It's th- this country has got it all totally downside up. I'm sorry, I went yeah. political, but I, I, that's I firmly believe that. No, you know me. I love pubs. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but would you I, rather go to the gym? <laughs> I would rather go to the gym. Oh, right, okay. I would, and and also I think that from the um, uh, you know the psychological point of view from people. Mm. They they need to be getting back out and exercising and yeah, yeah. how the hell are we gonna get people back into the you know, the Olympics on, back on flow and all that kind of stuff if people aren't allowed to, to so, do that yeah. but they can go to the pub. I mean please. Yeah. You still go horse racing, of course. That's that's always been on. <laughs> yeah. They never stopped horse racing.
0: Oh uh, uh, yeah, but um I mean Newbury had their race course meet the other a couple of weeks ago. There's nobody there though, Kev.
1: No, of course there's nobody there, but what's happening? is all the people at home that struggle with gambling generally, the only thing they could possibly spend their money on was oh, the horses. I see. And, and so that, and then, that yeah, rocketed. Yeah. The gambling helplines have been in, in inundated with people. Really? Yeah, because they're all stuck at home doing nothing else, can't go to work, can't earn any money, but spending it all on the horses. And who makes money from the horses? The mm. government.
0: Tax. Oh, hang on a minute! We have got a political.
1: Yeah, oh, it's done my. You know, and it doesn't matter what colour tie the, the government wear; mm. they would all do the, exactly the same thing. And it's all gone. I, I, I I'm absolutely. Frustrated but what about by the, the money the that comes in weddings? from the
0: coffers in the wedding industry? Well, ten billion, we keep hearing this figure, ten to twelve billion. I've I've heard, yeah. You know, what's but that two billion between friends? That doesn't
1: go to the government.
0: No, no, but that but that's the no, pub
1: money goes to the government. The but, money it, every time you buy something in the pub, yeah. The government, you can see the government's going ching ching. cha-ching, I mean
0: that's the same though with us as we're working. Every time we work and get money, we have to pay
1: some income tax. Uh, absolutely true. But we're still paying income tax on the loans that we've had to take out. We're still paying income tax on the bailouts. Right. So. That's nothing. They, they, it's the tax. Petrol stations stayed open, of course, rightly so. They yeah, needed yeah. to. Um, horse riding stayed open. The pubs they're opening. Yeah. Everything that they take huge amounts of tax from, uh, they they they're, they're reopening. And I think yeah. the pubs are going to be the most dangerous thing. I have to say. Wow. I mean, look look at uh, look what happened in America. They, they, bless them. Their their stats are going right through the roof. I yeah, know that frightens me. You know because they they basically there's a lot of them and they're mingling more. Yeah. Um. And don't get me started on the people on the beach. I'm not... Oh, yeah. What do you think about Bournemouth? But I was a bit disappointed to see that. I wasn't wasn't at all surprised. I was disappointed. Not so much the people that went Mm. to the beach... Yes, that was bad. Did you see the, the guy... state they left it oh, in. Oh, 20... Was it 20 tonnes of
0: rubbish or something? Where are these humans from? Well, my mother-in-law came up with a really good suggestion the other day. She said, why not leave... <laughs> now, I know you're going to say, what, Neil? It all gets washed out to the sea. Bear with me on this. She said, why not leave it on the beach? Don't clear it up for them, because they'll just come back the next day and drop it all again. So you leave it on the beach. So people come down to the beach and think, oh, I don't want to sit on this beach, thanks very much, It's got 20 tonnes of rubbish on it.
1: Best deterrent. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, there's merit in that, absolutely. I know yeah, the I merit doesn't quite work because then uh, the tide comes in and washes it all out. To sea, they should just put a massive piece of rope around the beach and say, mm. right, you can't go until you've up, just like when you leave school. Uh,
0: what, the BBC says. Sorry, chaps, we will get back to the photography show in just one second. Bear with us. And uh, what about the chap from uh, the BBC went out and they interviewed people and they always go, <laughs> they pick this guy who said well i've not seen anybody that's got covid it's almost like it doesn't exist kind of approach <laughs> and because he none of his friends had got it anybody could come on the beach Oh, dear, oh. Dear. so having having um just uh got that off our chest what was his
1: question so the question the question was do you think we will lead this will lead people to postpone even into 2021 oh. or actually do you think people in 2021 will rethink their wedding plans
0: um I think some people might in the early part of 2021 yeah. I can't see a lot of people wanting weddings in January, February, start of March. What about
1: you? Well, I had I had a wedding booked for the 21st of December and they cancelled last week. Um right. just said that you know the ve- their particular venue was unsure that they would be allowed even by then to to do what they want to do to do to do weddings. Um so they have basically just said, you know, that's it, we're don't, gone, we're don't, done. Don't blame them. I don't blame them at no. all. And, and of course, you know, I feel I feel r- desperately sorry for the clients and I also feel desperately sorry for the venues, the, the yeah. venues that are behaving yeah. with integrity, the ones that aren't, I don't. Um, but I do feel sorry for the whole industry, really, you know. And it's not just the photographers, it's obviously the videographers, the magicians, yeah. the bands. The what the about bands. the lady that does the, the, the chair covers? The chair cover lady, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <was> marquee companies <laughs> yeah I once I knew a guy who ran a marquee company once did he? and he said to me marquees are like aeroplanes right he said that if you haven't got them all out, right. you've got nowhere to keep them. So I wonder what he's doing now. Oh God! So if he he must have a house full of them. He must, <laughs> darling. He must, should we put up the marquee this weekend? <laughs> he must be in dire straits. Yeah, two hundred marquees stuck in his garage. No, I
0: know. We shouldn't They're laugh. We're not things. laughing. So this is
1: gallows humor, by the way. No, we're not, not laughing. Outside. Yeah, this but so there's there's a the whole situation. load of people outside of us, just photographers who are. Uh, You know, affected hugely, absolutely hugely.
0: I heard the other day, by the way, with all these aeroplanes on the tarmac, apparently there's going to have to be an awful lot of work done to make sure they're fit to fly, because they're not designed to sit on the ground for that long. Well, they will not be able to do it because they've sacked everybody. Oh, that's true. In fact, you know, you were looking for a new job, aircraft technician. (laughs) You
1: and I. My mate DIY... We know nothing
0: about it, but we think we can do something with a a spanner.
1: My mate DIY Dave used to do... uh, Did he? uh, Yeah, but he used to do 747s for BA. Okay, well, we could do 747s. I've got a ladder. Yeah, you've got a ladder. Go up there, just... I don't know, what what does it take?
0: Just tap it a few times, check it works. Yeah, you're okay, take off.
1: Hit it with a spanner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be all right.
1: <laughs> right, come on, let's
0: get back on track. <clears throat> right. It's terrible. Mark Dell. Hi, guys, still love the show, Yada yada. Uh, with me being a Fuji addict of the X100V genre, it's an expensive bit of kit and obviously awesome and wonderful quality. Did you just say the word awesome? I'm looking for a cheaper. Shut the front door. <laughs> I'm looking for a cheaper. You're not going to get let me They let me off that one. Are you? I'm looking for a cheaper walking around the woods and on my boat uh, camera. It needs to be cheaper due to this. I need a zoom and it has to be smaller. Do you guys suggest a used pocket zoom? Say, something like a Lumix or something like that. It's a gear question. Sorry. All the best, Mark. Yeah, well, you can ask a, a gear question. Not sure we know a lot about the Lumix range, though.
1: So. Well, I would if it's you know if it's not particularly dramatic that he needs don't forget the x100v has got a built-in teleconverter yes so that will take you out to 70 I don't know, 70 50 75 mil or something yeah. um so that could be an option mark um failing that there's no real fixed lens zooms in the fujifilm range no. uh not that i'm aware of anyway yeah. um so yeah maybe something like a lumix or one of those um uh, the Canon do some of those little point and shoots with, yeah, uh, with like a power they, they used to be the Canon power, power Shot, is it something? I don't know. I really don't know if they even make these things anymore because obviously mobile phones have come along and, yeah. and, and gobbled and up people like Panasonic and all that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I would say think about the the built-in tech in the X100V first Mm. before spending some more money. There we go. Um, Save the day on that one.
0: Right, let's do some uh, club indulgence, because then we've got our interview this week. I've laid it all out there for you, Kev. Don't worry, it's there. Oh, I haven't got mine, though. Hold on. Here we go.
1: So, um, you go first, Kev. This is from Dave Carroll. He says, The best is too easy. What? (laughs) That's what it says. Uh, Neil and Kevin, keep me smiling when travelling back from uh, to and from work at this dark time for mankind. Please keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Blow! it sounds like Independence Day too. This dark
0: time for mankind. Very, infom- very informative, says Pitsy01, with great banter between the presenters, Neil and Kev. Well produced on par with any professional radio show. Well, that's very kind of you, Pitsy. It's not just Fuji related either, so add this to your Must listen to podcasts. Highly recommended. Tell them Pitsy sent you. <laughs> Good
1: one. Go on. So this one is from uh, uh, Emily Emily Renier, friend of the show. Not Emily Ross Rat- Renier. She must have sent so many reviews in. Oh uh, so. The foodcast has become the equivalent of Kev's murder. She wrote, <laughs> "What my lovely little comfort blanket." After working so damn hard trying to get my wedding, family, and birth photography oh. business going, and now witnessing it unravelled in slow motion oh. because of COVID, to have both of you making me laugh with your memes. <laughs> and your how about no uh, uh, has right. made such a difference to my well being and my determination to keep going. Take care, boys, and hopefully see you at some sort of reunion when we're all allowed out again. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> Emily, thank you. P. Daniels, who could be Paul Daniels if he was speaking from beyond
1: the grave of I have a very good friend called Paul Daniels. Maybe. Yep. Our base suffered with that. He's a very good fly half.
0: Oh, Paul Daniels the fly half?
1: Yep. Right we call him magic
0: (laughs) perfect excellent show wonderful blend of listener interaction via the questions comments as well as gear talk and also great interviews with photographers I I never
1: would have discovered otherwise thank you very much P Daniels I photographed his wedding magics he had a fancy dress wedding and everybody, no. everybody was dressed up in as like uh, crocodiles and lions and stuff like that. It was in Oxford University. I
0: often used to say to people when they said, what are you wearing for the wedding? And I'd say, oh, it's a fancy dress one. Come dress as a piece of fruit. Just, just to see if somebody would. Anyway, uh, remember, if you sent one of these in, we really do love you and... Nikon. Not Nikon. <laughs> And
1: you're our favourite listener and we mean it.
0: I can't do anything about editing out the Nikon that suddenly appeared for no reason because it was over the top of music. Hell, leave it in. Right, time for this week's interview. Paul Sanders is without a doubt in possession of one of the most potent stories when it comes to photography. His relationship with photography and the step change he made when he realised What he was doing was in every way, shape and form wrong for him, his health and his future. He went from being a respected pictures editor, certainly one of the most respected world newspapers, to a career in a genre so far removed from the heady world of journalism as makes no odds. His life was once fraught, headline-led, deadline-led and mentally toxic, personally that is. I talked with him last week in one of the most candid conversations I've had with a photographer, Paul Sanders. Paul, you're a news and sports photographer, um, but you you change direction. We'll come to the changing of direction in a moment. But that was all you ever wanted to do, wasn't it, to start with? It's a fairly heady life, isn't it?
2: Well... Yes and no. I mean, when I first started in photography, I wanted to be a fashion and glamour photographer for reasons I probably don't need to explain too much. But I I got into news when I sort of I ran out of money uh, being a fashion photographer. Mm. Um, you know, I kind of spent it all. Yeah, I mean, I love news. And it's so, news is so exciting, because it's one of the f- one of the few places these days that you can go and take photographs of something and either be at the forefront of history being made, or every day see your pictures in print and you know what photographer doesn't like to see their work displayed and looked at by other people um, and it was a it was a real buzz i i loved the life you know I was constantly on the road um you know i've shot some fantastic events met some brilliant people it was absolutely brilliant you know people were very engaging um every day was different um you know always challenging and there was a lot of competition but it was it was always a good battle. So, yeah, I, I loved it. I only ever wanted to work for The Times as a national newspaper. I don't know why, because it wasn't really a, a newspaper that was that great with photography. It was good, but it was not like The Independent or The Guardian. Um, but it was the only newspaper that I held in any high regard. I think probably because of its reputation, its sort of honesty, the the foreign reporting and it was, was superb. And I always only ever wanted to work for the Times if, if I got the opportunity.
0: But you make that journey sound sound so easy, it can't have been.
2: It's not an easy journey. I mean, I started in news in 1991, and in two, 2002, I joined the Times. So that's 11 years, yeah. and I worked my socks off. I would think nothing at the weekly newspaper I started out of doing 12, 15 jobs a day. Um, you know, when I worked for News Team in Birmingham, you know, you'd start some mornings at six, seven o'clock and you'd finish when you finish. Some nights you'd finish by doing football and get home at midnight. We all lived in the same house. You know, um, you lived, slept, ate, breathed, existed news and sport. That was it. I sacrificed a lot, you know, relationships, friendships, a home life. I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to get to, to work in London. I knew I wanted to work somewhere big. And I, I would say I was never a great news photographer or a great sports photographer, but I understood what the story was.
0: And I guess that's really how you made that leap to being picture editor.
2: Again, it was it was down to just single-mindedness. I mean, I, I wanted that job, but there were other people who should probably have got it before me. Um, there was already a picture editor of The Times when I got there. Mm-hmm. And it was only that I worked on the compact version of the newspaper, the, the launch of that, that really bought what my vision of photography for the newspaper was. And I was very lucky because in the compact version, there were no adverts. You know, so there was nothing in the way of displaying pictures the way I wanted to display them. And also having been on the road as a photographer, the photographers that I worked with knew that I would fight their corner and use their pictures you know, when I worked at Reuters, it would always give me great pleasure to see the Reuters pictures on the front pages. Yeah. But when I worked at the Times, nothing gave me greater pleasure than putting a Times photographer on the front and ousting the Reuters or the AP <laughs> one from the same event. Because you have to support the photographers that work for you. What's the point of having them?
0: Did Did you miss the picture making at that time? Did Did you feel? Uh, I, I use an ala- analogy actually for things like this. Did you feel perhaps like the the air marshal looking out of the office window across an airfield, wishing wishing he he could still climb aboard the jet to go flying again? Because now now you're behind a desk and you're organising others, but you're not out in the field anymore.
2: There's um, there's always an element of missing it. I mean, I love I love taking pictures, um, and I did miss it. But I was very fortunate in that I had a team of photographers that you know, a couple of, I'd inherited, but I selected a team of photographers that I wanted to work with and they were, and are better photographers than I would ever be. So, and the key with, with taking responsibility for something is that you employ people better than you at the job. A lot of people get really, um, they get really stuck in this thing. Oh, if I employ somebody better than me, they might steal my job. Well, actually if you employ people better than you, then they make you look better than you are. Yes. So I employed good photographers and good desk people to work around me and, and fill in the blanks of where my talent wasn't.
0: As a picture editor, you were looking, I heard, at something like 20,000 images a day. How, how is that even possible, Paul?
2: quickly <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> seriously it is quickly um you the, the thing is it's i couldn't do it now well i couldn't go straight back into it now the problem with it is people look at the number and think god it's huge but yeah. actually when you're looking for certain pictures you know the news agenda of the day you know what your own photographers are covering it's actually quite easy and i would say out of that sort of, sort of 20 odd thousand pictures that come in a day you're probably going to use two to three hundred You would be amazed at how many of those pictures are absolute rubbish. Right. Um, There, there is so much, you know, kind of driftwood that kind of comes through that the the good pictures, the really eye-catching ones, stand out a mile above anything else.
0: So it was all going well, Um, and you say you say you yeah. yeah. There's there's always a but, isn't there? You (laughs) you say you came out of that time richer, perhaps for the experience, but. But and this is this is where it starts to go awry. But you came out with depression and insomnia and and a, yeah. an eating disorder. And if you don't mind me adding, um, although you've publicly said it, you you're also documented as saying you were self-harming, which which sounds yeah. horrific. I mean, did you feel it happening gradually? How 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 did this start to happen?
2: It started with um, strangely an obsession about cycling. Right. Because I used to cycle to work. Um, mainly because I hate I hate the crowds on the trains, and it was 26 miles from my home in Seven Oaks to the office. I then started just you know I would uh, cycle to work really hard to get the stress out of my system and 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 back home again. And then it would be you know every day apart from a Friday. And I gradually noticed that I was using the cycling to offset the stress wow. and. At weekends, I would, you know, I would go and cycle, you know, Saturday and Sunday, I'd go and do a hundred odd miles on both days if I could. And the cycling became a way of making physical the um, exhaustion that I tried to hide and a way of hurting my body to kind of exercise the pain that I had inside. So the
0: the self-harming was the exercising then, was it?
2: That's how it started right, yeah right. Um, but the the insomnia crept in because there's a lot of pressure um you know, and after I lost one of my photographers um who took his own life while on assignment for me i I took that really really badly um i mean it wasn't it wasn't my fault, but I was responsible for sending him, you know that stayed with me and I started to get insomnia and that gradually crept into a very fitful sleep and then no sleep or very little sleep. You know, home life wasn't going too well because I was pouring all my attention into work, trying to, you know, stay on top of things despite feeling like I was just losing control. And it felt just like it was like a gradual sliding down a ski slope, Mm. um, not being able to stop, knowing that there was a massive crunch coming at the bottom and you were either going to hit a wall or you're going to fall off the cliff. So I kind of felt it coming about 10, 12 months out. But I, you know, I would sit at home just really struggling with the, the, the pressure and the demands because we'd had quite a few people made redundant. So there were people coming into the office and say, you know, we had consultants and say, you can do it this way and you can do it that way. And, you know, but all they did was, was cut people out and we ended up picking up more of the job, which just put more and more pressure on. And I was, I was so frustrated. I couldn't really talk to anybody because you can't really show that sort of thing going wrong um, in the media business. Because you know, people, it, it, you know, it's it's now more open, but at that point, it wasn't that that open. So I would sit at home, and I just, you know, I did self harm as a teenager, but I Good. just revisited it. You know, my my wheels came off. I, to be honest, if I, had I stayed, I'd be dead by now.
0: Well, now that's the next part of the story, isn't it? Before before the calm starts to descend which we're going to talk about in a moment's time but there is an important part of of this story and and that involves a trip to beachy head uh where where you say a man saved your literally saved your life which for anyone listening who doesn't know this place by the way is a a series of very high cliffs, very high indeed, in East Sussex. I think, it's most, yeah. I think I read it's the most notorious suicide spot in the UK. But this, this yeah. was to be your epiphany moment, wasn't it? What, what happened?
2: Yeah, well, I'd gone down there. I mean, you know, I'd sort of got to a point where I just felt utterly worthless. Um, I'd left the Times deciding to be a landscape photographer. And basically, I hadn't really thought it through. My marriage had failed. My wife had left and taken our, our son, who at the time was six. And, you know, I'd sort of, I'd I'd left this this great job, this fantastic opportunity. And with anything like that, it carries on after you leave. So no big company stops because one person walks away. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to, but there was a part of me that wished it had. I'd sort of become this, you know, I'd sort of said I was a landscape photographer. I, knew, I had no idea what I was doing, but I hadn't sold a landscape picture. I hadn't taken a decent landscape picture. I'd replace cycling to work with driving around the country obsessively to Joe Cornish's famed locations, reshooting them only worse. Mm. Um, and I just felt like I'd let everybody down. I felt I'd let myself down. I felt I'd failed my son. I felt I'd failed my ex-wife. I'd failed my parents. I'd failed the guys at the Times because I'd left. And I just thought the world would be so much better without me. And I was so I was so depressed. I had n- to describe it as. A low point is an understatement, but the way I can only describe it is it's like living inside a goldfish bowl. You can hear noise, but you can't make out any conversations. I found it hard to pay attention to people. Um, you know, I was still drinking way too much. I was driving ridiculous amounts. I wasn't sleeping. The kind of abuse of myself in, in so many ways was, was just insane. A few months later i just went down to beachy head and i was just in bits so um i disguised myself as looking like i was taking pictures because i didn't want to upset anybody mm. waiting for the opportune moment and then in my pacing around impatiently for people to go um, and i was getting more and more kind of agitated i knocked my light meter over the edge because um, i was wow. still shooting you know i got a five-four camera set up and light meter on the top of my bag underneath it and I just caught my bag and the light meter just tripped and I, I went to grab it and it just smashed on the rocks and I and I literally lost it because I thought that is really going to hurt and that's not a sort of flippant thing but it was like the first thing that went through my head yes I and I sat I then sat down and burst into tears because now I'd failed at something else um and that's when this chap came and started chatting to me. Um, do, you think, did,
0: do you think he knew? Do you, I mean?
2: Yeah, I think he kind of had an idea because, um, you know, his first words were, I hope you weren't going to do anything stupid. Right. <laughs> but it's like, you know, there's right. a man at the top of beach yeah, sat in tears. I think, you know, I just, he, he made me realise that I needed a lot of help. Um, and the conversation that we had was very frank. I, you know, we didn't know each other at all, but he was not judgmental at all. And, you know, I've always had this impression that everybody was judging me. Yes. Um, And I've always felt not good enough. And, you know, and it's that imposter syndrome, you know, you get a great job and instantly you think you're not worthy. And I'd gone through my life feeling that at some point somebody was going to just catch me out and say, you don't know what you're talking about, mate, on your bike. Um, But do you think
0: that's that's something that all creatives have to... To well varying extent
2: yeah I think I think it is because you also a little bit of insecurity is good because it stops you getting complacent a little bit of stress is good because it, it, it keeps you it, you know it keeps you on your toes a little bit um, but it's when they get to extremes when you start believing the stories that you tell yourself you know and that's when it starts to become damaging.
0: Well, you came down off this particular mountain, Beachy Head, um, a very different person indeed. You'd, um, you'd rediscovered some faith, I think, on that day. Yeah. And yes, and then and yeah. then the change and then and then the lightness started didn't it really? I mean I don't know what, how long it took but because I, I I don't I don't expect you came down off beachy head suddenly able to make the most amazing landscape photographs like you do these days. Um but but it it was the it was the start of the positive journey though wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and I mean it's not all been plain sailing since that point. I mean there 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 is there has been, you know, one other attempt at ending everything. But it's been it's been a bumpy ride, but it's generally been a ride of positive thing i the The thing that I realized that was the key turning point was that actually I'd never really taken any photographs myself, and I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was as a person um, I didn't know who I was as a photographer, and I didn't know what I wanted to say that was the that was the turning point in I realized that I had to start to understand what i wanted to say so i I just started experimenting and my therapist at the time she'd been looking at the pictures i take because my people-pleasing side just wanted to make her happy um you know there i was paying money to see her and she's supposed to be helping me but (laughs) i was worried that i was you know i was making her unhappy right by not progressing quickly enough you know there's that you know it's that pressure that judgment all the time yeah sure and then, you know, one day she presented me with some of my pictures and she said, just talked to me about them. And, and we started chatting and she said, you know, this is the first time you've been honest. You've, you've not, you know, you've not tried to deflect it or bounce the questions around or turn it all around on me. She said, you've just talked about where you were when you made the pictures. And I, I said, yeah. She said, so perhaps this is the way forward for you that you can express yourself through visuals but you find it hard to talk and i, I said well i you know i do find it hard to talk you know and that's partly you know a sort of family thing i mean we you know we talked but we never really talked in the kind of you know deep and meaningful way i think a lot of families shy away from it you know and you probably talk to your mates over your, your parents anyway when you're younger mm. um and being in the news industry, I hadn't got anybody to talk to because, you know, generally I was on the car in my, on my own or with a reporter. And you don't generally open up to somebody working with um, about stuff that's going pear shapes. And certainly when you're in the office at the Times, I, I tried opening up to people, but you just don't trust what's going to happen. So she was really the first person that I sort of opened up to. And I suddenly felt a freedom. Because she had sort of noticed what I was sort of doing and I hadn't really sort of fully clocked it. I was kind of aware that my pictures were, for want of a better term, kind of autobiographical or sort of like self-portraits or whatever, but not without me, you know, without me in them in terms of the physical me. But she sort of gave me permission to pursue it and that's where it all sort of started you know from isolated sticks in a very calm sea you know sort of lots of long exposure of isolated things very minimalist because it was a it was a calm that i was looking for because i was anything but calm and people would always say oh god your work is so calming to look at i think well blimey if you were inside my head
1: (laughs) and that and
0: that's that that's the word I mean, there's lots of words i use but that's one of them i mean so you stop being joe cornish um, and yeah. you started to become Paul Sanders. I mean, you're not the archetype landscape photographer at all, who gets excited about the perfect sunrise or the golden light, the tail end of a day. You like you like mood. You like mist. You like bad weather which is which is good and that we have plenty of it in this country usually um was was this a a a conscious decision then to find a a difference or unique angle
2: um i think it started out as i would always try and get up you know when i was trying to be joe cornish i would try and get up really really early um and catch this amazing golden light and when it did happen it just didn't excite me and and that sounds really bizarre but it just it doesn't interest me. I love looking at photographs that people have taken in that light. You know, I just think, oh, wow, they're amazing. They look beautiful. The, the modeling is fantastic, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Mm. Um, I can appreciate, you know, what people call great light, but I, it doesn't bother me whether I'm in great light or what people call bad light. I just like being out. And it was that realization that I didn't need to go out at four o'clock in the morning to get a great picture or do loads of research into my locations I find it better not to um I find myself it's more of a genuine response for me when I go out having not researched somewhere when I'm surprised by something it enables me to to have a moment of of wonder or a wow I never expected that and that's the kind of photographer I sort of slowly turned into I might
0: argue that that maybe you haven't slowly turned into it because you started life as a photojournalist. And you and you were very good at it. You're still kind of a photojournalist because you're reactionary. But you've just your reactionary in a different landscape quite literally now
2: i suppose yeah you could look at it like that i mean i i tend to wait a lot longer than i did as a news photographer that's for sure and i don't uh you know i don't always uh, process straight away but i do actually still process fairly quickly as well but i think for me it's been a slow it's been a slow transition you know and i i am well aware now that as a photographer you're never the finished article You're you're always learning. You're always moving forwards. Um, And you've got to not reinvent yourself, but keep exploring yourself to find Mm. new ways of expressing where you are. Um, And it's very much, I think, you know, pictures have to come from within you. You're presented with a set of circumstances outside of your body, but the pictures are made from inside you. And they reflect how you feel and how you respond to a given set of circumstances. Um, and you know, you can respond in a way of this isn't good enough. You know, the light's rubbish, the the location's rubbish, the trees are in the wrong place, there's a bench in the way, mm-hmm. or you can go. Do you know what? This is beautiful. I've just got to find the beauty that talks to me. Um, and it's, it's just being a bit more open-minded.
0: And Paul Sanders' story continues next week on the Fujicast. Incidentally, when we chatted, we talked for nearly an hour and a half, maybe a, a bit more, so the, the whole interview, which we obviously can't fit into our format on this show, is going to be a full-length focus edition on my podcast, Photography Daily, later on this month.
2: Photography Daily.
0: If you're wondering what to listen to for the rest of the week after this Fujicast edition and you're still hungry for more... Then be sure to visit my new podcast, Photography Daily, which drops Monday to Friday at 9am UK time, 4am Eastern. Monday to Thursday, inspiring photographers
1: share their stories. Do I really want to risk my life for getting my stuff printed? If the images are
0: not beautifully composed, people will just want to turn away from the images.
2: But I remember the assignment because... It was a huge auditorium and there were hundreds and hundreds of people in the room and all I had was a 35mm.
0: And the Friday photo walk is a longer outing with the show's mailbag as we go on assignment together. Photography Daily, available on all your favourite podcast apps and at photographydaily.show. Photography Daily. Right, back to your questions. Mike um, Watton from Australia. Have you ever been to Australia, Kev? No, but
1: I have spoken to Mike Watton. (laughs) Have you actually spoken to him? Yeah, did a Skype call with him. Oh, did you?
0: One of your lockdown mentoring sessions. Very nice guy, he oh, is too. Okay.
1: Well, hello, Mike.
0: Hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. Avid listener, student. A student of the podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody refer to themselves as a student of the podcast. Uh, it would appear the, the lockdown inspired many to revamp their web pages, myself being one. And uh, I know, Kev, you've had a, a major web page revamp. Mm-hmm. I am in the middle of my major um, web page revamp, uh, well, website revamp. You've gone totally Squarespace now, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. I got a message from Kev the other day that said that's it? It's almost like he'd moved out of home. Oh well and not, not all my
1: websites. So Fujicast is still on WordPress. Of course it is, yeah. Um yeah, yeah. but that's uh, that's it. Yeah, F sixteen is gone. Yeah. Um Will FujiCast ever move over to Squarespace? Mm,
0: there's a few things that we not. can still do actually on, on this
1: that you can't do on Squarespace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 WordPress has still got its place. So for things like that, WordPress yeah. is better. Yeah. yeah for me. While I was
0: looking at Kev's website, I realised two things. Number one, how important the words are, and number two, I am a poor writer. Oh, come on, Mike! Uh, whilst uh, as photographers we can pick images we want, is it a consideration that we should employ a writer to put the words together? Appreciate the time you
1: put into the show. Thanks, Mike.
0: Well, what do you think about that? A writer? Uh,
1: well, you can get copywriters, of course, and yes. many people do use them. But mm. I, I personally, I, I've. You know, I've spoken to people who've used copywriters and, and then looked at the website, and the, the words just don't seem to emulate their personality. Yeah. That's the problem. It's such a personal thing, isn't it? The way you write is you. Is you. It's yeah, you. it is. And, you know, one thing that I was very, very much made aware of when I did move my stuff from WordPress to Squarespace, because I had to go through every page and every post, was that my grammar and spelling, in many mm. cases, was absolutely atrocious. Mm. Um, well, I'm not going mm, like I agree I'm just I'm no <laughs> you you should agree it was terrible <laughs> comma right and then <laughs> comma uh, so I invested in grammarly which is yes great. Did. grammarly the app um, so how does grammarly work then i've've I've seen funny enough I'm, I'm sure I saw a grammarly ad come up in a, a YouTube uh, video it's basically a plugin and it's a desktop app and all right, that kind okay. of stuff and and you you can have it to to kind of interact with your a web page so yeah. on WordPress for example it will automatically check what you type in and everything and mm. the f- there's a free version of it which is great it does but it won't uh, do that on Squarespace tell- yeah 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 I you it tells said on, you on WordPress you got no, no, a plugin. no, no. 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 well like, just anywhere basically right. you, you'll even see it on Facebook if you type it into your Facebook box once oh you've so it's always live it. yeah. right okay All right. got it um, and it's you can there's a free version which essentially does basic spell checking and yeah. comma correction and stuff so that's what you would get with your little red squiggly underlines yes, and stuff exactly. usually right. yeah so I I Upgraded to the um, <laughs> to the version that might make me sound a little bit more less of a <laughs> uh, somebody who never went to school, and and it's great actually. So I put everything through Grammarly, yeah. and it's what I really like about it is you can set you can set it to uh, give you a target. So you can say I want this article to be informative, and I want this article to be uh, professional sounding, or I huh? want it to sound. You know, fun sounding, and I want this article to be aimed towards giving an answer and guide you and things like that.
0: I'd like a a kind of a a setting. Can I put it on the very laddy dar setting?
2: Very laddy dar.
0: And then that'll make me sound like I'm really, really intelligent. (laughs) Like it's a posh person. Very,
1: very probably. Um, <laughs> the Lardy and of course, we're not sponsored by Grammarly, sadly, no, but no. we're not. Um, but that's what I would do. Get yeah. Grammarly. I think it's like 150 quid a year. It's okay. quite expensive. Oh, it's so every really. year. Oh, wow. It's a subscription thing. Of ooh, course, ooh. subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who makes good money does it by subscription. I'm well, I'm,
0: I, I don't have anything against subscription. <laughs> I'm going to get people to subscribe
1: to my wedding photography. <laughs> that's quite how it's going to be. So I'm going to photograph yeah. their wedding, and it's going to cost, I'm going to give them a discount. Yes. So it's going to cost x amount yeah. and then because i've given them a discount they yeah. just have to give me another x amount every year for the rest of their life and and yeah and for the until uh, until they're not married any longer all right well some of our couples <laughs> that's not a great business uh. proposition <laughs>
0: yeah widgets that's the way forward widgets widgets i want a widget widget money all right right book of the week then oh you've brought in jane well i haven't brought in jane bowen that would be a bit no. odd but um you brought in uh, one of one of the great ladies books do you like cats i i'm not a big cat
1: fan i've got to be honest only because i'm allergic to them i like cats i love cats mm. um i used to have a i rescued a cat when i was in university yeah called cat <laughs> that's what I called it. Is that what you called it? And it stayed oh. with us. It stayed with me through uh oh well, well it stayed through wife number 1. Right. Mm-hmm. It it uh was Gemma was there and then eventually it we went skiing Gemma and I went skiing Not way, with a cat, way No, did way he? before the kids and Gemma's parents are uh, Gemma's mum and her husband. Well, this is getting complicated. Tom bless him right, okay. came and looked after it and right. um it 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 kind of passed away but it must have been what do t- know? Tom saw it off Tom saw it off no no Tom Tom loved it but he uh, bless him Um, it uh, it must have been I don't know how old it was you see because I found it and Mm. I never knew how old it was but I had it for 12 years
0: didn't a vet ever sort of because they can age them pretty well can't they they can sort the vet, of, oh, i think that's about a two-year-old we maybe? lived
1: in richmond vet feels very expensive all oh, right okay. yeah, yeah so we never really did much of that um anyway so uh, no, this no, book is all about cats no, no wonder it died you never took it to the vet <laughs> Poor this, thing. Book, this book <laughs> is all about cats and it's called cat Cats, cats. The book is called Cats, and yeah. it's by as we, uh, you know, as we, as we all love her, Jane Bowen. See, I, I never would have
0: put this down as a book if you if, you say, if you'd have put a load of titles up and, and a load of photographers'
1: names, I would not have associated Jane Bowen with with a book about cats. Exactly, and the book is actually it's not called Cats; it's about cats. It's called The Singular Cat. Oh, about The Singular Cat, and uh, it's a, it's a really really nice book. It's really cheap. It's available everywhere. It's about two pounds fifty. Wow. Um, one of her earlier kind of print publications I think and basically it's basically just her friends cats um mm-hmm. and if you like cats and you like Jane Baron then you're going to love this there's a picture here I'm looking on page 26 Fulham Broadway mm-hmm. uh four cats on Fulham Broadway um then we have Milford Haven docks oh, oh I like, love Mil- Milford, Milford Haven, Haven. Yeah. yeah oh well, there's on page 34, you'll see a picture of a very, very coy-looking cat right. uh, with a fishbone at his face. Right. Uh, Milford Haven Docks, more of them. All black and white, of course. See, the great thing about Jane, Jane Baron's
0: work is I, I I, love the contrast. Always, you know, I like low-key pictures. I really like low-key pictures. And Jane is um, she's a
1: low-key shooter in the main, I think. Well, I think the reason why I like this book, this one's nice, Welsh Farm Cats Near Llandylo, um, I, what, what, the reason why I like this book and the reason why I got it was a: it was very, very cheap, and I love um, Jane Baron. But yeah. also, it proves that you can actually, uh, you know, you can make a story, you can make a project out of something that's yeah. quite benign, really. Yeah. And, and these are, and these for intense book, purposes, are snaps of her friends' cats. Would, there, would books like this be published these days? Would I mean the, because um, life has changed a
0: lot for photographers? When when this book came out, not everybody was a photographer, of course. And um, I, I, I'm just I'm looking at it thinking, yeah, um, I like it because it's Jane Bowen. I don't I'm not particularly a cat person, but but I like it because it's it's Jane Bowen. I like it because I like her low key work. And I just there's something. Yeah, know, but I, suppose, I know I'd pick this book off a shelf and read it.
1: Yeah. OK. Uh, fair enough. I get that. And, and of course, you know, it sells because of who she was more mm. than likely. But the point is that we all kind of worry about the bigger project and Mm. I must do something I must get something on my website and everything and actually this just goes to proof Prove, I should say, yeah. that, um, just looking at the uh, yeah, just looking at the published, <laughs> 1988 this was published, it just, just goes to prove that, you know, no matter what kind of photographer you are, mm. you can always have your own little mini interests, and, yeah, maybe they won't manifest themselves as a book.
0: Well, projects don't, yeah, but, you're
1: right, actually, projects don't have,
0: have to be this sort of, I like long tail projects, and we talked to, of course, Jim Grover um, last mm. week, and he was talking about, In the medium to long term projects, but you don't always have to have a. I mean, the Cargay Collective. My first piece that I did for Cargay, which came out last week, I thought long and hard about that, and in the end, actually, um, found a load of stuff that really um, that I owned that my dad once owned, Mm. and made pictures out of those with a macro lens. Mm.
1: My macro lens. Your lens.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you want it back? Have
1: you got my thirty-five?
0: Let me have a look. Have you asked me that before?
1: <laughs> I, my thirty-five one point four has gone missing.
0: I do not have it. You've asked. Me, look, I'm gonna uh, once and for all. This is what I, this is what I have in this cupboard. Headphones. This is a. Oh look, it's thirty-five one point four. No, no, it's not really. No, it's an eighteen mil. My one. Uh, you don't want that. It's a Nikon lens. Nope. Um, Nikon, Nikon. The, um, this. Uh, you don't want this. this is Canon eighty-five. I've oh, got one more. Hold on. What's this one? Oh, no, no,
1: it's a twenty-seven. I'm, so, I'm, I'm guessing you're hiding some lenses because they ain't the only lenses you've got.
0: I've got your ninety. It's in my
1: camera bag. The nine, you got my ninety or sixty, yeah. or both. Oh,
0: no, 60. I know sixty. I've not got your ninety. I've
1: got your sixty. I haven't got a ninety anyway. <laughs> no, so I haven't got that one. Uh, anyway, okay, so fair enough. Well, if, I'm using if, it. If anybody does have my thirty-five one point four, I'd love to have it back. um the singular cat by jane baron that is the book of the week if right. you like cats or you like jane baron or you just like looking at nice black and white pictures it's for you and it's only about three quid we will link to it of course on the website
0: trevor weimer um from is it Vi- i suppose weimer is it? i always think uh with a w-e-i-m-e-r should be a, yeah, I a weimer yeah so. weimer weimer no no, no weimer weimer. weimer from canada ah yeah we love where trevor comes from he lives in Chilliwack. Chilliwack. Do you remember talking about Chilliwack? Chilliwack. Yes, Trevor from Chilliwack. (laughs) There can't be many Trevors in Chilliwack. You must be the only one, Trevor. Chilliwack, I love that. I just Um, want to hit a hammer on something when I say the name. Chilliwack. Chilliwack, bang. My question is, does the image stabilisation on lenses only engage when the camera is set to multiple? On my X-T20, my stabilisation doesn't appear to work when the camera is set to single shots. On a side note, I continued to work uh, during this epidemic and my shift started at 3am, which <laughs> meant waking up at 2am. Your podcast was very welcome during my drive to work every single morning. Of course, we're not on the dailies anymore, but it's nice to know that we were with you, Trev, from, from
1: Chilliwack. Um, what about that, though? Stabil- uh, Stabilisation. Do you think there's a corner in Chilliwack? Uh, Chilliwack uh, corner, Chilliwack corner. <laughs> w- oh, I love that name. Chilliwack corner.
0: What about the question?
1: Uh, I don't know the answer, I have to say. I.
0: So the image stabilisation... Does the image stabilisation on lenses only engage when the camera's set to multiple? Where's Andreas when you multiple need him? Multiple what? Multiple
1: shots. Yeah. I don't get it. Does he mean continuous focus? Continuous he probably means. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm kind of deep in thought about this. I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. So you can set the lenses to be um, always image stabilisation in. Yeah. Or only when you start, <laughs> only when you start half depressing it. Yeah, the shutter button. Yes, I can't think of any reason why that would only be the case in continuous focus, mm. but I might be wrong. So I can't give you a definitive answer on that. I'm really sorry, no. but um, I'm sure we will be able to find out. Well, you know, the great thing about this show is that when somebody does
0: know and they listen, they soon tell us.
1: <laughs> I'm sure so. it would be in single shot as well, but only yeah. when you start half depressing. It makes no sense for it to be constantly. Y- shall know. we put
0: that on the we'll find out for you pile just over there yeah
1: there we go right your question chili corner uh okay this is from jake penn yeah uh, i haven't read the question up front but the the headline <laughs> oh says make it stop what yeah so we'll soon find out this time <laughs> has made me think a lot more about the amount of money i spend on kit and uh, whether i need it okay yeah. here we go i noticed already people talking about x pro 4 or xt5 cameras xt5 x pro 4 The other day, when he came out last, the XT3, XT4 and X Pro 3 only came out a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, um, what they would like from the. Don feeling that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When the current latest models haven't been around that long. Yes, well done. Sorry, Jake. (laughs) Um, would you like that in school? Never reads the question. Yeah, always interrupting, uh, comma. I don't come from a film background, and I only started shooting professionally three years ago. Yeah. But I have to say, the idea from these film camera days, where you would stick with one camera for sometimes decades, is yeah, extremely God. appealing. What oh, do you
0: remember the war?
1: I work with an XT2 and XT3. In reality, how long can you shoot with uh, what becomes old tech mm. within a year or mm. two, perhaps? And that's Jake in Tampa, Tampa, Florida presumably well yeah well i mean yeah what you buy
0: today is going to be outdated within 18 months usually yeah i mean that just
1: is the way now because everything's getting
0: better and better and better and better i don't know how much better it can get
1: yeah but i don't think i honestly don't think digital cameras are any different to film cameras in in the respect of if you get the picture you want from a camera then fine what what happens is of course because these are electronic devices Memory systems change, batteries, you can't no longer get the batteries, the batteries' chargers break, all that kind of stuff as things go on. That's that's the real tricky thing. Um, and, and, and actuations as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, the technology will break eventually, but then so will, you know, the technology in a film camera could break. You know, you could snap off the winding um, lever and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it is an insatiable race. It is an insatiable race. People are constantly... People seem to think that if they have the latest one it will make them a better photographer and we all know that's not true. Yeah. However, it might make them compete more in a marketplace. So if you're a sports photographer for example and your camera shoots 30 frames per second and something comes out that shoots 50 frames per second, you want it. You want it because what? it might give you more more opportunity to earn money from it. Um, and of course, video
0: is a very real reason why a lot of people swap around, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, yeah. suddenly you've got faster
1: frame rates, and yeah, of course. And, and you know, when you think about film now. and 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 digital, you, you know, it's harder to get film now. Mm. It's harder to get the chemicals. It's harder to process that stuff. And eventually, perhaps it will be impossible to get that stuff. So those oh, I don't film think cameras, like, really? Well, you never know those film cameras that that we you know we love and people think will be around forever because they are. Um, mechanical and analog and and so won't break perhaps that's true but what happens if you can no longer get film or it's just too prohibitively expensive so I think the same parameters apply in that respect as well but yeah ultimately if the camera does what you need it to do you don't need to upgrade no unless you're me and it's an x100v (laughs) because that's the only camera that I've ever really gone I I want instead of need I thought that was classic when that arrived and you tried to hide
0: it from Gemma that was even more funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's that box mullins i tell you what talking of uh, film i've got a i've got a lovely camera it's, it's a Go. camera hold on kev you'll love this look at the size of this look at it i mean that is a brick isn't it is it a film camera yeah yes of course it is
1: no, it's got a little window on the top
0: there oh yeah but it's a, an f5 so it was it was you know it was quite an advanced it was, you know not long before the dawn of digital but listen to this I'll take a picture of you Okay, listen to the click. Are you ready?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A better... composition.
1: Mm. Come on, tell me you're not yeah, excited yeah. by that. No, nice, yeah, absolutely.
0: And it doubles as a weapon.
1: How are you getting on with it in terms
0: of... Well, Giles has been um, has been actually uh, doing my films, and I'm picking up some films from him. He's processing them. Yeah, he's processing them. I'm, I'm picking them up in, uh, in a couple of days. And the great thing is, um, I gave him all my old films. I've only just started using it again. Yeah. I gave him my old films and said to him, um, you know, do you mind processing these for me? He said, yeah, no worries at all. And he so said he's processing them, scanning them. And he sent me a message the there and told, told me nothing else about them. He said, I'll process them, pick them up in a couple of days' time. You'll love what you're
1: going to find. I've forgotten what's on those films. It's going to be lots of little stickers saying could,
0: <laughs> this ex, is too...
1: "exposure too low, exposure too high." That's well, my. That's what I would be. Do you remember the boot
0: stickers? Yes, yeah, that one There was a story of um, somebody who went to pick up um, their pictures, and they, they'd taken some images from a stag party. Okay, and a lot of them were quite naked hmm. <laughs> pictures. And on one one of the particular photographs, somebody at the uh, somebody that behind the counter at Boots had got a bit of a sense of humour, and over one of the you know, one of the... Woo-hoo, I had stuck a little sticker that said, this is suitable for enlargement. <laughs> yeah, that was... I thought that was a good sense of humor. Right, OK, we've come to the end of the show almost, so let's do a photo disaster. This one's from Steve Brand. OK, well, I'm not sure this is so much of a disaster, but I'm happy to share it. Towards back in the days of, guess what, film. Was capturing a wedding at the Café de Paris in London. Fabulous staircase, gorgeous dress. Was that just Steve's? Um, flowing white lace train cascading down the stairs, and of course I staged a bride, um, only posed to max out the location, a feebly attempt a fine art style image. Unknown to me at the time, some grit had gone inside the camera, and systematically perforated the film negative each time I advanced the film so on four of the, of the best six frames I'd taken of the bride posing on the staircase I have a perforated t- uh, tear cascading through the film on each frame mainly across her face and her dress oh, you got everything else but not the face and dress oh not a result um, situation only kind of saved by the fact I always shoot with two cameras you see so there weren't two slots in those days but two cameras and on the other camera, had some. Uh, there were some images, head and body shots only. In one full body and dress shot it was okay-ish. Twenty years ago, so not clever. Software repair options, they weren't available. Not a very fruity story, I know, but it helps highlight the why. Shooting with two cameras, yes. Why shooting with two cameras is always a good strategy. I should Coco, and there's a story to prove it. Send your disaster stories to us, please. we kind of forget, don't we, that, that actually, uh, in years gone by, during the war, during the war. Um, the, 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 you know, you didn't have that luxury, did you, with no. with your, your two camera slots? No. So there, no. there's a story that, that supports it. Thank you very much um, today for, for your company. I know we went a little bit off-piste at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You that can, was a long episode. It was a long episode. Next week's one's going to be really short. Yeah, so. we'll make it 5 <laughs> minutes. Do you know um but I do think actually to be fair that you know myself and Kev don't see each other that often these days. So um this is this is this is <laughs> you're getting all five no, seven episodes that you used to get in one week in one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Exactly. Anyway, thank you um for your emails. Um we do need more, obviously, always more. Um, so if you've got a question, then please send it to us. Click at fujicast.co.uk. Click at fujicast.co.uk. I keep forgetting to tell you, so I will this week. Music is from Blue Wednesday. We're supporting music from the incredible Artlist.io. If you've liked any of this week's shows, or any of this week's shows, if you liked anything on this week's show, uh, thank you. Please uh, do remember to leave, um, well, obviously we can't tell you what to say, but if you leave a review, then uh, it's always very appreciated. And if you want to see our offerings to the photo community, you can visit uh, the uh, show page, or, or rather the page for both myself and Kevin fujikast.co.uk Lots of info about today's shows, or show rather links, and and you've got a stack of resources there as well, haven't you? Like like um, there's still the films and stuff that you you point us towards, aren't there? As yeah, well? all yeah.
1: kinds of stuff on there, free documentary films and stuff you can click on, like our Amazon links to give us a bit of money. <laughs> 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 we promised to
0: behave ourselves next week. See you next week. Bye Kev. Bye bye.
2: And now the bits that didn't make the show.
0: But before we start, something um very, very important to do. Um during lockdown, of course, um we'd been talking about this particular event. Kev, your one of your pictures is in it, so you can talk all about it. What?
1: oh (laughs) sorry i thought we were doing this a bit later yes okay right (laughs) do you want to do that again
0: so it sounds special i might cut that out though as a as an outtake Um, okay how do we go into that
2: The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.